you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Greetings and welcome to the daily NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Jason Smith alongside Michael Fabiano, Akbar Baja Biamila, the Fantasy Ninja, and Adam Rank. A full review of week two. We'll take a look at your big fantasy disappointments and tell you who to be concerned about and who not to be. A very early look at the waiver wire. A couple of quarterbacks out they might want to go get. All the latest on the injuries. Stephen Jackson, Eddie Lacy, Ray Rice, Reggie Bush, and more. And targets and touches. What players were targeted the most by their quarterbacks in week two? And what does this mean for your fantasy squad? But first, Fabs, I got to say, you're the smartest guy I know. How did you not know James Jones was going to get 300 yards receiving on Sunday? Aaron Rodgers knew that 10 minutes before the game. Even Walter White wouldn't have predicted that James Jones was going to have that big of a game on Sunday, Mr. Smith. All right, well, Aaron Rodgers is the big guy, the big headline, over 300 yards passing in the first half. He headlines everything, and why not? But, Fabs, this is really about the wide receivers. You were playing Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson had a big week one. Now James Jones, who goes from not catching a pass to the huge day, what do you do? Well, you're starting uh, Randall Cobb without question. You're starting Jordy Nelson without question. James Jones is becoming what he was before 2012, remember? Really inconsistent. One good week, he was was just phenomenal. Then a bad week, then a good week. You never know what you're going to get. You play the matchups with him. To me, he is no more than a three in fantasy, and he's a risk-reward three. Yeah, but Jordy Nelson's kind of kind of become a, a consistent guy. Get in there at least What an flex. unbelievable draft value he's going to turn out to be. All right, Deshaun Jackson, also a huge draft value. 193 yards and a very long touchdown on Sunday. Fabs, we, we've mentioned this about the Eagles' offense. As long as they can keep it up and these guys can stay on the field because Deshaun Jackson isn't the hardiest of guys, you're playing him and you're getting great production. No doubt about it. These guys are like the fantasy triplets. you got Michael Vick playing well, Deshaun Jackson playing extremely well. The same thing with Deshaun McCoy. Chip Kelly, boy, I wish every head coach in the National Football League utilized his philosophy because then everybody would be scoring tons of fantasy points. All right, Eddie Royal, you said fantasy triplets. A triplet for Eddie Royal. Three touchdowns, 90 yards receiving on Sunday, Fabs. He's been in the league forever. He hasn't had fantasy value in forever, but could he be the new James Jones this season? We shall see. Five touchdowns. I mean, combined, he has scored a lot of the elite wide receivers in fantasy football at this point. You've got to pick him up. I don't know if he can keep this up. But you definitely have to go out and add him. You know, every time I hear Eddie Royal, I think of Royale with cheese from Pulp Fiction. 
Oh, that's a very. I you like, like that. that? I, that's pretty cool. All right, Royale with cheese. They call it La Big Mac. Yeah. The dreaded split backfield continues to plague fantasy players with Arian Foster on their team as he works his way back from an offseason injury. Here's what Foster had to say after his 85-yard one-touchdown performance on Sunday. I feel like I took a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I'm still rusty out there. Missed a couple plays that I, you know, I normally make. But, you know, it just comes with it. You got to knock the rust off. And, you know, the only way to do that is get in there and bang. So. At least he didn't get waved off the field at all on Sunday. So that's yeah. good news for him. Well, th- this hasn't really been that close of a committee. If you look at it, uh, Sunday, Arian Foster, 59 snaps to Ben Tate's 23 snaps. And it was very similar in terms of how it was split up in week one. Now, with that being said, Foster's yards per carry, not as good as Ben Tate. But to me, Jason... Foster is still the clear-cut guy, and he's going to produce for you from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, you just have to be patient and wait because it's going to be like this for a little while until he proves I can handle the load hey, 100%. he had a good game yesterday. He had a good fantasy game, Foster. Yeah, and Tate, most of his points came on that one run. Yeah. After that, he really wasn't a big part of the game. Mm-hmm. One other piece of news to keep in mind, the Browns get wide receiver Josh Gordon back after a two-week ban for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. Browns offense struggling. What kind of fantasy value does he have? He could be uh, wide receiver three in fantasy leagues, and I know he's owned in most NFL.com leagues, but, you know, go check your waiver wire and see if maybe he's out there. Maybe people didn't draft him or they dropped him after the first week because this kid has upside. Yeah, and he's also going to just do nothing but help Jordan Cameron. Don't worry about Cameron's value going down. Oh, here comes Josh Gordon. The middle of the field is Cameron's. This can only help. And th- that offense needs help, too. They, they yeah. have no one who can take the top off the defense. No, you can start playing wide receiver for them. Just take the top right off the defense. Got good hands. Give fantasy advice on the way down the field. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the injury update now from around the league. Maurice Jones-Drew's ankle kept him out for much of the second half. Coach Gus Bradley said Jones-Drew felt looseness in his ankle. Fabs, it's not like you can even handcuff Maurice Jones-Drew because it's the Jaguars. I know, and you know who they're playing this week? The Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. The Jaguars' offense is probably going to be outscored by the Seahawks' defense in this game. (laughs) So even if Maurice Jones-Drew plays... How do you start him? I can't even recommend starting him in that context. Reggie Bush, knee injury on Sunday. He left and went back in but said he wasn't himself. He said, quote, he's not too concerned the injury is going to keep him out next week. Then again, Detroit coach Jim Schwartz said Bush will get a battery of tests, including an MRI, some of which came back on Monday, said he's very encouraged by the results. Reggie Bush, you're playing him, but Joyt Bell suddenly becomes a must-own. Yeah, Joyt Bell's got to be owned in most fantasy leagues even if it's just as a handcuff. But, Jason, how about this? I think I'm selling high on Reggie Bush right now. He's played two games with a lot of carries, a lot of touches, and he's already had three different dings on him. I worry about his health. Ray Rice, they don't seem to be worried. His left hip flexor strain, okay, did not even get an MRI on Monday, which is good news. But the other news is Bernard Pierce is starting to get a little bit more, a little bit more responsibility. Yeah, he looks good. He's probably the biggest and best handcuff in fantasy football. So if he's out there and you have Ray Rice, go get him. Steven Jackson hurt his thigh on his third, carrying the team's victory over the St. Louis Rams. Did not return to the game. Jaquiz Rogers suddenly came in and played a little bit, but Jaquiz Rogers is not Darren Sproles. Yeah, he didn't do much, and Jason Snelling is going to be the guy who takes the goal line work if, in fact, Steven Jackson is forced to miss any time. For fantasy owners' sakes, let's hope that's not the case. Right, Eddie Lacy, who left the game on Sunday with a concussion after getting drilled by Brandon Merriweather on his first carry. James Starks came in, had a tremendous game. We'll have more on him coming up later on in the show. But here's how you, how you go forward, Fabs. When one running back has the job in Green Bay, you start him as a flex, as a low-end RB2, because when Cedric Benson had the job, he got all the carries. But when they split carries like it was with James Starks and Ryan Grant, you can't really start any of them because they don't get the ball enough to produce. This is Eddie Lacy's job, though. Once he's back and healthy, he will be the featured back. Uh, I, I just feel disappointed as someone who owns Lacy. 
boy, all those lost fantasy points. Those were all Lacey's what Starks did on that football field. Yeah, he, he could have been set for a huge game. Other guys, Larry Fitzgerald, who did play that didn't look like himself, so that's another situation to monitor again all week long here on NFL Fantasy Live. Keep you updated on all the big injuries. So that's your recap of the big news from Sunday. Andre Johnson, oh, by the way, looks good to go week three. No official word yet, but hopefully he is okay. Remember, he left the game with a concussion on Sunday also. So there's a big Monday night grudge match going on right now between the Steelers and Bengals, Rank and Akbar. It's the Steelers and Bengals on Monday Night Football. We've got everything you need to know before you set your roster tonight. Adam Rank here with Akbar Bajabiamila. The Steelers offense was not exactly impressive in week one. You got anybody going from the Steelers tonight? Well, actually, I don't have anybody going for the Steelers, but I do have somebody going for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm excited about that because I've got Marcus Grant, who I, I have to beat. Got to beat him. I've got to beat him to be 2-0, A.J. Green. Okay, we'll get to the Bengals in a second, but let's look at the Steelers' projections Ben Roethlisberger, we're not saying he's going to have a good game. We're not saying Isaac Redmond's going to have a good game. Nor but Antonio Brown. We're, I, guess we're, I guess we're expecting Antonio Brown to score a touchdown. But let's go to Roethlisberger. What concerns you about him tonight? Well, I think it starts off up front with the center. Kevin Beecham is now the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so what does that mean? That means he's going to have to make the protection call. And if you can't make the protection call for a already struggling team that had five sacks, gave up five sacks last week, that can be a problem for Ben Roethlisberger as far as getting out and finding his receivers. So, you know, when you talk about Ben Roethlisberger as far as production, you got to stay away from him if you're struggling at the quarterback position. I wouldn't go with Ben Roethlisberger. Stands the reason that the offensive line is going to hamper the quarterback. It's also going to hamper the running game. And Isaac Redmond appears to be a huge risk on Monday night. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan of him. You know, he's coming off of a game where he had two fumbles. This is going to be the redemption game for Isaac Redmond. So you're going to look for him to try to run really hard. Players typically, when they're coming off the two-fumble type game, they need to prove to their coach that they're worthy. He's in a great situation right now because Jonathan Dwyer, who they brought back, is not stepping in front of Redmond. So Redmond is going to be the guy getting a lot of touches until he proves otherwise. But again, stay away from anybody who's going to be turning the ball over, especially two times. Based on the projections, it seems like the only guy that we would trust to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight is Antonio Brown, who had a pretty decent week one. What do you see tonight? Well, here's why. Because Mike Zimmer is probably going to bring a lot of pressure, zone pressure. And what does that mean? If the line can't pick that up and Ben Roethlisberger knows that, he's going to be throwing a lot of hot reads, a lot of quick slants to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is going to be playing the short game. So look for tonight matchup to have feature a lot of short passing game. And we know what Antonio Brown can do once he gets the ball. He makes big plays. All right. Here are the Bengals Monday night projections. As you see, we are both very ecstatic about A.J. Green, but Jarvis Green Ellis, Okay, you're a little bit more confident in him. I'm liking Giovanni Bernard. But, again, you talked about A.J. Green up at the top, a guy that you have going. Run, big fella, run. Yeah, A.J. Green will blow the top off of any defense. You can go man, it doesn't matter, because he's going to catch the ball right over you. You can go zone, and he'll find a way, just like he did there, to fit in between coverages, even if they try bracket him. I mean, he's just unstoppable when you talk about A.J. Green. You always play him. What were they doing there? There was nobody within 20 yards of him. (laughs) He just blew right by him. 
All right. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis was brought over from New England last year to score touchdowns. Not to, he's kind of doing it this year, but he got in the end zone once. But what do you see from him? You know what? My, my San Diego State professor, Gordon Clanton, used to always say this. Is it then clear? Is it then clear that we've seen all that we're going to see from Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis? I don't know that he can produce much more. than I gave him 9.4 points, projected points, because I think he's going to get in the, the end zone. But I don't know. I don't trust him. He's, he's just a stagnant, flat running back. I wouldn't play him if you have a better option. By the end of this year, it seems like the law firm will be a touchdown vulture because Giovanni Bernard is appearing to be the guy we want to start going forward, but can we start him tonight? Yeah, you can start him tonight, and here's why. You have to take chances on your roster. If you want to win your league, you got to take chances. And every now, every season, there's one player that stands out, and I think Giovanni Bernard, because the coach is going to start to see a lot of upside in him, especially when he gets into space, you're going to see him get a lot of touches, either in the passing game or in the backfield. Just three points last week. I want to see a little bit more out of him. I need him to come through and get at least 10 points for me in one league. Can I get it? Can I get that 10 points? You know what? Let's go ahead and bump it up. I know Can I had it for it? eight points. You change? Add two more change points to that. Yeah, I, I got what I was doing. I was going <laughs> for that 10. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Akbar. Now, coming up, we can't wait until December for the airing of grievances. Week two's biggest fantasy disappointments are on the way. We'll tell you if these weeks are a sign of things to come or not. But... We're not all doom and gloom here. Our list of Week 2's top fantasy performers are coming up right around the corner. So stick around. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Here they are, your top 10 fantasy performers in Week number 2 in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, who I think had 33 of those fantasy points before halftime. Eddie Royal on this list. Sam Bradford. Some names we're going to get into. Of course, Calvin Johnson had those two touchdowns with the Detroit Lions. He's no surprise. But Phillip Rivers there, just under 30 points, and, and Rank, we've talked about Philip Rivers the last couple weeks. Four touchdowns last week, three touchdowns. How do you think, feel about him going forward? Well, he's looking pretty good, but you also have to look at the matchups that he's had. And one of the early things that we've seen so far this season is that you can feel comfortable starting your Philadelphia Eagles guys like LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson, but you can also feel real confident going with anybody who is going against the Philadelphia Eagles because if you look at what the Chargers did, On Sunday, they kind of put out a blueprint of how to slow down this Chip Kelly offense, and that is to really take advantage of the time of possession. And you see what Phillip Rivers is doing here. Real patient, really good throws. Right there. That's just a great throw. Phillip Rivers looks like a much better quarterback now with his new head coach, Mike McCoy. Ken Wisenhunt, the offensive coordinator. So he's a good spot start. I'm not saying that you start him each and every week, but there are going to be some matchups, especially when he's got the Raiders coming up and games like that. Tough matchup this week against Tennessee. I'm not sure that I'd play him, but you got to be encouraged. Yeah, after Tennessee, he's got some pretty favorable matchups. Marshawn Lynch, Fabs, a lot of people sigh of relief after Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, this is the reason why I put him in stardom and sit him because people were freaking about uh, freaking out about this matchup. Guys, he plays the Niners, and he turns into an even better back than he already is. Three touchdowns, had the highest-scoring fantasy output of any running back. This is a guy you start week in and week out. I don't care who the matchup is. Chalk week one up to one bad game. Week two, he made up for you uh, with three big touchdowns and a whole boatload of fantasy points. Now, Akbar, all season long, you've said, sit Michael Vick. I don't like him. He's not going to give you any fantasy points, except you've said the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I was going to say. Because they, uh, <laughs> You're looking at me. Whoa. That is a lot. <laughs> when you look at Michael Vick back-to-back 30-plus games, that's big-time, prime-time, show-time, all-time, good time for Michael Vick, who a lot of people were nervous about. But what I liked about Michael Vick is towards the end of the game, he started to display 
his ability to still run the ball. He's still a threat on the ground running the ball. So don't forget about that aspect when it comes to Michael Vick. We know that the timing of, the, of his routes with the Philadelphia Eagles is allowing him to be quick and hit a lot of points. I think Michael Vick can continue the same type of performance week in and week out, and that's why I've continued to play him over Cam Newton. As long as he's on the field, he's someone I would try to trade because I already have a good quarterback most likely, and who knows how long he's going to stay upright in this offense. So even if you don't believe in him, he's still a great trading block for you. Sell high. Back-to-back 30-point games. Sell high. That's big time. But in both games, he got a little bit nicked up too. That's scary. He's human. All right, let's take a look at 11 through 20 now. These are our top fantasy plays, so 1 through 10. Matt Ryan, RG3, even though it looked like he was going to score under 10 points, still wound up having a pretty nice game in garbage time. No Sean Marino, going to get to him. Martellus Bennett, nearly 20 fantasy points, even though he got dinged up a little bit. But James Starks, Akbar, he comes in when Eddie Lacy gets hurt, and he has the best game of his career. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, because when you think about James Stark, James Stark is a big physical running back, and when you have a big physical running back like that, he can shred the defensive line. He can shred that front seven, and he did that. They utilized the shotgun to run him out. They ran some power, a little zone there. You know, you saw James Starks really get out in space like he is right there. For a big fella, that's huge. When you have a spread offense like the Green Bay Packers does, that allows them to play those vertical guys, and it opens up a lot of holes. James Starr took advantage. It yeah. doesn't hurt that the Redskins' run defense is terrible. Yes, and the thing to realize about the Packers' offense, too, is that when one guy has the job, you start him. When it's two guys, you let them both sit. Rank, how about Jimmy Graham? He came through for you in a lot of ways on Sunday. Yeah, Jimmy Graham, I was in a very precarious position where I had to shoot the moon, where I wanted Jimmy Graham to score enough to help me win in my league of record. But not too much that I would lose in two other leagues, one going against Michael Fabiano. And that's exactly what he did. He went out, had that great big-time performance. Last week, everybody went crazy over the tight ends. And we're like, oh, look at all these guys. Jimmy Graham is still the number one tight end in fantasy football until further notice. Fabs, Matt Ryan last year had a phenomenal year. He's followed it up this season. Where do you have him right quarterback-wise? Uh, right now, you got to keep him in that top six, top eight in that area. This is the reason why we told you to wait on quarterbacks. You got Matt Ryan after round five, and in some cases, a backup. I've seen that. And look at the numbers he's putting up in this offense. Matt Ryan, one of the best draft bargains in fantasy football. And oh, by the way, rank Tom Brady. Boy, he just killed me. (laughs) I was all excited about that pick in round seven. And you know what he's given me? Like round 10 production. Oh, boy. That's good. No. Well, he has been a big fantasy no, disappointment bueno. so far this season. These are some guys who were some big disappointments from week two. You saw a lot of big numbers. Now not a lot of big there numbers. There he is. Jared Cook, there he is. Went from the number one tight end in fantasy to one catch for ten yards. But you have some big names on this list. Demarius Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Cam Newton, Drew Brees. But when you look at Trent Richardson, Fabs, how much concern should people have if you own Trent Richardson right now? I, a little bit of concern. After the first week, I wasn't worried. But this was a tough matchup against the Ravens. And I have to stop making excuses for Trent Richardson. Thank They're you. just not – listen, he has got to do more with the football. And let's be honest, guys. The Browns' offense, outside of Jordan Cameron, has been awful. North Turner has not done what we expected him to do and turn this offense into one that could actually put points on the board. Well, I, I, it's I'll been say, the defense that's been good, not the offense. Well, I'll say this about North, North Turner's offense. It does take some time for the guys to actually get into it. And they will get Josh Gordon back, which should be a big help. Yeah. Adrian Peterson did have 100 yards against the Bears on Sunday, Akbar, but that's just 10 fantasy points. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, but when you look at Adrian Peterson, he's still a guy that you're going to consistently play. You better not even think that the fact that he has a bad game, that all of a sudden you're not going to play him. But I will say this. Christian Ponder has got to get better, so at least they have vertical threats. Otherwise, you know, 
They're just going to stack the box. But, again, that doesn't mean anything to Adrian Peterson because he did it on a bad will last year. Yeah, he's almost matchup proof. It's weeks like this. You go, boy, Adrian Peterson just gave me that. You expect so much of him every week. When he gives you this, you think, boy, what's wrong? But you just ride it out and put him in your lineup every week because you know what you're going to get. The, the biggest no-brainer yeah. in fantasy football. Yeah, yeah unless 3,000 like Akbar's predicted from the beginning of the season. Yeah, it still can happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cam Newton is someone who has been disappointing the first couple of games and fabs. But we've seen this from Cam yeah. Newton before. We've seen him start out slow then heat up at the end of the season. However, if he has another couple of clunkers, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly at the end of September it's, well, I got Sam Bradford. He's got a good matchup. I'm going to go with Bradford. I'm going to go with Romo over Cam Newton and play the matchups. What a luxury it is at quarterback this season, right? If you drafted a guy high who's not producing like Cam Newton and like Tom Brady for me, what was there are throw? other options out there that are really good. Sam Bradford, Akbar's been praising Michael Vick. He's been really good. There's other quarterbacks that you can plug in and play Alex Smith. He's got a great matchup this week on Thursday night against the Philadelphia Eagles who can't stop anybody. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to sit your your star, Cam Newton, if you've got a better option in in the, uh, in the the backfield. All right, Rank, what about Jared Cook from the St. Louis Football Club? Well, we talked about it. You know, these tight ends, they all came out, had huge week ones, but there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies, especially at the position. It's just what it is. This is why Jimmy Graham is so valuable. So you got a bad game from Jared Cook, but... You know what? That's going to happen. He's still going to be a pretty important part of this offense. Sam Bradford's looked fantastic. St. Louis has got a pretty good matchup coming up this week, too. So, if you pick them up and he's going to be your starter, go with them. Don't get too concerned. But just realize there's going to be some weeks where you're going to get just a point. Yeah, so if you have one of those great tight ends, it's always better to have it than you're trying to play plug and play. Coming up on NFL Fantasy Live, warm up those vocal cords because we're getting set for the segment that's sweeping the nation. That, that helps, helps no one! Don't want to miss it. Plus, our top ten players to target on the waiver wire is just ahead. See which running back is Michael Fabiano's fantasy man crush this week. Bradford throws to the end zone. It is Austin, and it's a Rams touchdown. Rivers. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. If you're not quite pleased with the way your team has fared through two weeks, don't worry. Plenty of time to write the ship, and it starts on the waiver wire. In fact, yesterday we told you if you're in a Breaking Bad Fantasy League, drop Hank and Gomez. That turned out to be pretty good advice. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Almost dropping Jesse, too. (laughs) I'm not caught up on Breaking Bad yet. Would you guys stop? All right. Here's our NFL waiver wire. Michael Fabiano's top targets. You got Bernard Pierce in there. We'll get to him in a second. But there's plenty of names out here, Fabs. Not a lot of depth, but... There is some depth at quarterback where Alex Smith suddenly, available in a lot of leagues, is a pretty nice pickup. Alex Smith had a very good game against the Dallas Cowboys, and this week he plays on our air NFL Network against the Philadelphia Eagles, who, oh, by the way, have given up fantasy points to quarterbacks like people give out candy on Halloween. If you need a quarterback this week, if you're desperate for a quarterback, if you don't like the way your number one's playing, Alex Smith is a pretty good option. Trick or treat. Pretty good option, man. Also out there on the waiver wire is Sam Bradford, who's had two pretty big weeks, first two weeks in a row. Usually he starts he starts out horrible and ends well, but Sam Bradford, it's a different offense this year. They play fast. They keep everybody on their toes. And this is a game that could have ended for Sam Bradford yesterday when they were getting blown out, but he still came back, put up a lot of fantasy points on the board. He does this for another couple of weeks. Suddenly he's a matchup-based starter you could be starting over some of your other more proven players. So he's a guy to go get. Sit on your and you know who he's playing this week? Dallas Cowboys. 
I'm rich. All right, no Sean Marino is someone who we didn't think he was going to be in the mix for running back this year, but Akbar suddenly he's on the field all the time and getting all the touches. Yeah, you know, and when you think about it, there's not a lot of depth once you start getting past your top running back. And if you can go out there and you see somebody like no Sean Marino, no Sean has put up some put up a big number. You're talking about 16 touches and 107 scrimmage yards. That's big time for Sean Moreno. And he actually showed some speed across the edge. And that happens when you have that offensive line. They got guys like Zane Beetle up there able to open up the hole for guys like Sean Moreno. I think he's a good pickup. He also doesn't need to come off the field, which is tough to get Hillman and uh, and Ball on the field because he's good in pass protection. Yep. He's a three guys, back. And, and, you know, and those guys are younger. And it's going to take them time to understand the system. No, Sean has been there. Now, he, has he been inconsistent? Yes, but it's looking like he's starting to get his mojo back. I mean, especially when you have Peyton Manning. When you play next to Peyton Manning, it's so easy to get that moxie, that, that, that swag. It just rubs off on I mean, you. It rubs off. I'm good just standing next to the guy. performing because he believes in him. All right, now, Fabs, it's Man Crush Monday out there in the Twitterverse. Who is your man crush on the waiver wire this week? Well, it's got to be Bernard Pierce. Now, Ray Rice got banged up, right? He had the hip injury. And even if Rice is fine for week three, Bernard Pierce needs to be added in all fantasy leagues because, number one, he's the best handcuff in fantasy football. Number two, he's a viable flex option because they're giving him enough touches. Now, he's not going to be a one or a two in fantasy unless Ray Rice misses some time. But, guys, the waiver wire is so barren at running back, it's basically like the desert where Hank and Gomez got whacked last night. There's nothing Spoiler. out there. Yeah. So if there's any guys on the waiver wire at the position that have value, you have to scoop them up, just like Bernard Pierce, just like Sean Marino. Hey, Mr. White, yo, look in this barrel. I found Bernard Pierce. <laughs> now, we asked the same question to our Twitter followers. Who is your fantasy man crush after week two? And here's what the users had to say your winner, not Bernard Pierce, but it is Aaron Rodgers. And no surprise, the guy threw for 300 yards in the first half in week two. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I have him in my league of record, and boy, did I have a big win in that league. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy who is always going to put up great numbers week in and week out, but it did help. The Redskins' defense, it is abysmal. And, and let, me tell you something. let me tell you how demoralizing that is. The last time I saw something like that, it was, of course, after the Monday night game when Brett Favre threw for like 300-something yards in the first half. And what that does to a defense, I mean, it just makes you feel so small. And you can say hot. And when you know that you're coming in to playing that defense, excuse me, playing that offense, the team's not going to want to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will probably put something similar to that next week. All right, Eddie Royal was a big target week one. Kind of a curiosity, but... Now, three touchdowns after week two, is he a curiosity or is he a must-get? Well, you know, here's what the waiver wire is. Kind of like in, in reality, when general managers are out there looking for a player, perhaps somebody goes down, something's not working out on the team, you're losing, you're going through a losing streak. General managers want to make the team better. You can't be afraid to pick up a guy like Eddie Royale. He, this guy is showing that he can do some things. Two touchdowns in his first week, you thought, oh, maybe this was just luck. Comes back the next week, puts up three touchdowns. He's owning only 4% of the league. This guy can make your team better. I did it last year with Cecil Shorts. He made my team better. I came close to taking down Adam Rank, but it didn't work out. But this guy could be the next big-time guy on the waiver wire. All right, Marlon Brown, four catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown against the Browns on Sunday. Fabs, you talked about him last week, but he's still out there. Yeah, we talked about him on Sunday and said if you need a wide receiver, three, pick him up as a sleeper because the Browns' second cornerback is always the one that's going to be targeted. So this is a kid who, listen, he's not going to be owned in 90% of fantasy leagues, but he has scored a touchdown in each of his first two games, guys. And Joe Flacco clearly has some respect for what this kid can bring to the table. Jacoby Jones is out for several weeks with a banged-up knee. So Marlon Brown suddenly has fantasy value. Tight end position, we finally saw the athleticism that Kobe Fleener we expected when he got drafted. 
also had a touchdown called back via penalty. In when you play plug and play with your tight ends, Akbar, is Kobe Fleener worth picking up and putting in your starting lineup? Here's something that you may not know about me. Both my parents are Nigerian. They used to tell me all these different African proverbs. And one of them is it takes a village to raise a child. And when you brought in Pep Hamilton, you're bringing in a village to create this for Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener is going to step out as a primetime tight end. I've seen this guy at Stanford. This guy can play football. And now that he has Pep Hamilton throwing the ball, calling up the areas and the plays that he knows where Kobe Fleener will thrive, Kobe Fleener. Big time. You know, my parents are Italian. You know what oh, they used to say to me? Eat what? more pasta. <laughs> Have more pasta. Don't put hair on your chest. My father always used to say that. But another tight end who's looked really good, Martellus Bennett. He's got hair on uh, This is chest. a guy who's been scoring touchdowns, and Jay Culler clearly likes him in the red zone. And again, the tight end position is not going to give you big-time production week in and week out. But when a young guy, especially a guy like Martellus Bennett, who showed flashes last year, starts to show flashes again in 2013, he's got to be owned in more leagues. And you know what I like about him? He said today, very confident, he said, I'm Muhammad Ali Ooh. in this Bears offense, ah, which is I pretty nice. Yeah. Martellus Bumbaye. Martellus wow. Bumbaye. Oh, yeah, that means kill. That's Go get him. Well, you got to watch When We Were Kings and the whole uh, Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. give it to you. I got it on VHS. I'm a Muhammad Ali fan. Up next, we're counting down the top five plays that earned the most fantasy points for users on Sunday. See the play that single-handedly swung more fantasy matchups than any other. But first, our weekly recap of the players who were the biggest parts of their team's offenses is on tap. See who received the most looks in football when NFL Fantasy Live returns. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Every week on NFL.com, I write a column called Targets and Touches that spotlights the top targeted pass catches of the week and also takes a look at some interesting running back situations in which the touches were doled out a little bit differently than we expected. And we're going to start with the running back situation right now going on in Buffalo where C.J. Spiller gave you a decent fantasy game on Sunday with 103 yards, but look at how the touches got doled out. He had 20, Fred Jackson had 16. This is how the Bills have built their team. They're going to run two running backs, take the pressure off of E.J. Manuel to try to win games. This is what Doug Marone did last year at Syracuse, went away from Ryan Nassib to his two punishing running backs. He brought his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, from Syracuse with him. This is what they're going to do. C.J. Spiller is still a number one guy. He's got to suck it up and hope he winds up reclaiming that number one job by himself. But until then, Fred Jackson does have some value, though it is more like a Fantasy is more like a bi-week replacement, so don't go crazy. He's not the Fred Jackson of years ago. Now, as far as the Giants go, Fabs, not at all what we thought on Sunday. I know. David Wilson is a guy who's got all the upside in the world, and he was more concerned about holding on to the football than he was making plays. Darrell Scott actually saw more touches out of the backfield than David Wilson, and at this point, the running back position is so scarce, we've been saying it all show, that you almost have to play him as a flex unless you have some depth on your roster. But right now, it is extremely hard to trust David Wilson because not only is he losing carries to Scott, but Brandon Jacobs is seeing some goal line work. All right, Rank, let's go to Washington where it didn't look good for Pierre Garçon early, but this is why games are 60 minutes long. Yeah, and if you look at what RG3 and Pierre Garçon were able to do at the end of last season, this is what we're going to expect going forward. Pierre Garçon is going to be his top targeted receiver. And again, RG3 is going to start coming along. He's going to start being good. He's starting to get more comfortable with that knee, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about this at all. See, in fantasy football, we're, we're selfish too, right? We don't care that the Redskins aren't winning games. It's actually good because he's becoming I don't even, I didn't even know they're going to. He's that becoming right? Carson okay, Palmer. It's all know. about the garbage time points with Robert Griffin the third. No matter even, how they get him, he's they get fine. Him. Let him know. That's fine. Yeah, I know he's beating himself up in these press <laughs> conferences. Like, dude, you're fine. Like, I'm not complaining at it. all. Yeah. Go close to 20 points. 13 targets for him and 11 targets for Mike Wallace, a guy we talked about last 
last week. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. He was very upset after week one. We recommended on Sunday morning he's going to see the football a ton. Career high nine receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown. Could have been two if Ryan Tannehill throws the ball a little bit further on that. So Mike Wallace, he's back in at least at your flex. Yeah, and, and a three if that too because keep in mind he's playing the Atlanta Falcons coming up in week three. Good matchup. Real good matchup. Andre Johnson, 13 targets on Sunday. DeAndre Hopkins, also 13 targets on Sunday. Yeah, and we're looking at the future right now. DeAndre Hopkins is just a fantastic talent. We got to see a little bit about that against the Tennessee Titans. And going forward, this is a guy that you can really trust. I know that I got into a couple of binds in a number of my leagues. I seem to have Roddy White and Larry Fitzgerald in every league. <laughs> so I had to play him in a, in a couple of leagues, and I was rewarded for it. Of course, he had to go into overtime to get that touchdown, but we don't care. Doesn't overtime, matter. Points count. It's all about the points. Overtime points still count, you know. And another guy, too. You know, you were just talking about that game in Indianapolis. I like this T.Y. Hilton kid. He showed last year that he could be a very big focal point of this offense, and Andrew Luck was looking for him a number of times on Sunday. And it just going forward, if you look at the plays, like look at the spin move there. I mean, He's just, he's a great talent, and I love a team that throws the ball a ton, that has a good quarterback. Like, you don't want to pick up receivers. Like, when you go to pick up Josh Gordon, it's going to be dicey because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Cleveland. But you have Andrew Luck throwing you the ball. I feel pretty good about that. Now, let's take a look at the targets for week two. Leading the way, Julian Edelman. If he's out there, he's got to be owned at the very least as a wide receiver, too, considering Danny Amendola's situation. He's the only wide receiver who really has the trust of Tom Brady, again, for a full breakdown. NFL.com targets and touches every Monday. Coming up next, we are getting our famous whiteboard set. Joyke Bell helped no one in week one. Who will be Adam Rank's victim in week two? Not this young man who is helping out. NFL Fantasy Live is back right after this. Do you have a tale of fantasy heartbreak to share with the world? Tom Brady in the seventh round. Tweet us a photo of you or your friends' reactions to fantasy failures, a picture of your miserable lineup, or another creative way to display your hashtag fantasy failure or hashtag fantasy faux pas on Sunday. The best entries will be used on the show next week. Now, speaking of fantasy failure, some guys have really disappointed over the first couple of weeks, and TMAD34 says, Cam, really? You were the chosen one. You were meant to bring balance to my team, not destroy it. <laughs> Fabs, can you trust Cam Newton now? This is what he did last year. He was really inconsistent in the first half, and then in the second half, he was fantastic, and he finished fourth in fantasy points among all players. He's playing the Giants this week. They've given up a lot of points to quarterbacks. You stick with him. Who, who, who's your alternative? But, but, you know, look, Michael Vick is a, is a good alternative. I have Michael Vick and Cam Newton. I've been playing Michael Vick the last two weeks, and I've gotten great production where I'm looking at Cam Newton. So don't be afraid because you've gone out and got him perhaps in the fourth, fifth round, wherever you got him. Don't be afraid to look at some of those other quarterbacks who are getting early production and sit Cam Newton. Cam Newton was supposed to produce against the Buffalo Bills in a weak secondary and right. didn't. You have to have someone like Michael Vick, though, to bench Cam Newton. I find your lack of faith in Cam Newton disturbing. Oh, little Jedi warrior. All right, how about Jason Witten? Here's a tweet that comes in from Vince Wyatt. Three receptions, 12 yards. I know we say don't panic after week one. Sometimes when you have a high-end tight end like Jason Witten, don't panic after week two. No, because unless the guy's name is Jimmy Graham, tight ends are going to be inconsistent. It's the nature of the position. They're not going to put up huge numbers week in and week out. Hopefully once Rob Gronkowski is back, he joins Jimmy Graham in putting up those big numbers. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, when I watch this game, Jason Witten still has the ability to get open. Tony Romo, they have a solid run game that's going to allow Jason Witten to be able to make those areas, excuse me, catches in the middle just because that area is going to open up. That safety screaming down to stop DeMarco Murray and those guys. So Jason Witten is a guy that you can 
still continue to trust. I need yeah. a ladder to talk to you. <laughs> My goodness. The good news about the tight end position is that there's more talent than there has been in years past. It's not you're scraping the bottom of the barrel where hope this guy gives me five fantasy points. There's some more talented guys, just they're still inconsistent. you got to trust guys like Jason Witten. All right, now that's just a few of the fantasy failures plaguing fantasy players across the country. For some fantasy failures of another kind, let's send it over to Adam Rank. All right, thanks, Jason. That's right. Each and every week, we take a look back at those unheard of players who robbed precious fantasy points from the guys we actually started on Sunday. It's a tearjerker for some curtain jerkers in a segment we like to call That Helps No One. Let's go to the video. And we are in Buffalo, Cam Newton. Just run one in, please. Just run. All right, you're going to throw it to Stevie Smith. I see it. Wait, 19. 19. Who wears 19? Teddy Ginn, T-G-I-S-I-T-L. That guy is still in the league all-star. He's still in the game, and not literally is he in the game. He's catching a touch. You spike it. You put your hands in your air, and you scream. That helps no one. Philadelphia. There it is. That helps. I will say it again because we're going to go to Philadelphia. Start all your Eagles. Brent Selig, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. Start everybody. Except for this guy. You see it right there. Riley Cooper. Really? Really, Riley Cooper? I don't like this, Michael Vick. Do not put your hands in the air. Do not scream to your side. I love his hair. Nobody loves his hair because that helps no one. Moving right along to Indianapolis. Is it going to be Jaborski Lane? What? Is he back in the league? Is he? Wait, who is this? Plato. Charles Clay? Charles Clay. What is he even listed on our game? Is he a tight end? Is he a running back? All I know is that he's down, and not only do I know that, I also know it. That helps no one. Moving right along, and here we are. We're in Oakland. And here we go. Do you start anybody from the Jacksonville Dragons? No, Cecil Shorts. No. Okay, Cecil. What? what? No, no, no. What? That's great. Give me deuces because that, that helps no one. Let's go on to Tampa Bay. Where? Just give it to Doug Martin, please. Doug Martin. No. Vincent Jackson. Doug Martin in the I feel right there. Oh no! It's Kevin Ogletree. What? Ogletree? No more Ogletree, please, because that, that helps no one. one. Let's go to Arizona. Larry Fitz, I started you, buddy. Come through for me. My hamstring's good. My faith in Whoa, you. 30. And wait a minute. Is that Laurent Stevens Howling? No, no, it's not. Duke. It's Andre Ellington. And that's Larry Fitzgerald. You know what he's whispering? Man, All right, let's go to Atlanta. Go to Austin. Go to Austin. Go to Austin. It's Austin, baby. Austin, three. Groovy, baby. I should have been more specific because that's Austin Pettis. This is absolutely, there's Chris Givens. You could have gone to him. Isn't he a center fielder? If you would have told me that one Austin was going to end up scoring, don't give him a high five because that That helps no one. One last one down in Houston. And just handed to CJ to Clay because he's the only guy we would start. We're not starting Jay Fokker. We're not starting Kenny Britt. And we're. 82. Is 82. He's wearing Delaney, Delaney Walker is what? finally wearing a receiver's number. Well, you know what I say to that? That's Delane. That, that helps no one. Quit shaking high fives with him because he's helping nobody. Let's go to the board. Akbar. Is there one guy that you would actually start? Go ahead, talk about uh, him. Yep, you, you know, know you do. I know who I'm gonna go with. Okay. Riley Cooper is a guy that I'm looking to start in that big time offense. 
Riley Cooper, Michael yes. Fabiano, let's go to somebody a little less impartial. Well, <laughs> I, I don't see one player on that list that I would pick up off the waiver wire this there week. There never boys. seems to be. Look, I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan. You got two guys named Clay, so I would pick up one of the Clays. Yeah, he's a guy you don't want to start in the <laughs> league. All right, now remember, if you want to see your tweets featured on the show, use the hashtag that helps no one when you see a score that, you know, helps no one. And now, if I may have a drum roll, please. It's time for the week one, or excuse me, the week two. That helps no one award winner of the week. And the drum roll, Charles Clay, everybody. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Look I, I, at that. I, I, there it is. All right, right now coming up. Coming up next, it's the top five scoring plays from Sunday. We want you to come back and watch it because it will help somebody. Stick around. Sometimes all it takes to turn your day around in fantasy is one play. So we asked the Twitter universe what their favorite fantasy play was from the day. And here's what one fan had to say. NFL fantasy, Garrett Hartley's last second field goal kickers are people too. You know, sometimes, guys, we forget that. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Well, because had... they're not. <laughs> you know, in a lot of locker rooms, their lockers are separate from the rest of the players. I had Randy that. Bullock yesterday. He will be removed from all of my fantasy teams. Wow. Ooh, tough one. Wow. Yeah. Tough break, wow. kiddo. Well, I'm sure Garrett Hartley's kick was his favorite fantasy play of the day as well. Now, here are our favorites as we count down the five plays from Sunday that produced the most fantasy points for users on NFL.com. And here we go. Play number five, Packers go for it on fourth and three. Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, 35 yards later, he's in the end zone. That helps rank! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does help you. Did you win? Play number four, first and ten for the Saints in their own 43. Here's Drew Brees to a very tightly covered Jimmy Graham. No, that, wow! That, that there he goes. Rank. <laughs> Is everything about you? Uh, How about Jimmy this, Graham? That hurt me in two leagues, but it also helped me in two leagues. Jimmy Graham. I said it. Eagles second and six in their own thirty-nine. Michael Vick looking for Deshaun Jackson, who was run by everybody. Greatness. Go. That's, that's what you call greatness. That's what you want on your twelve point one fantasy that helps points. Michael Vick finally hit him. He missed like three of them. The number two play. Lions second and fourteen from their own twenty-eight. Ooh. This play needs no introduction. Patrick uh, like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Peterson, rumble, what? young man, rumble. Thirteen point two fantasy points on that play that for Megatron. Two that's touchdowns a, that's on just the a day. Monster right there. But that is not number one. This is the play that comes in at the top. Falcons third and seven. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and there he goes. Gone. Hasta la vista, baby. See, Good night you know, now. I, you didn't know that. Boy, that injury, I did not know that. injury really affected him on that yeah, play. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, he wasn't so much hurt <laughs> there. See, this and is what happens when you're faster and better than everyone that you're playing with. That's unfair. He's, he's Globo Jim of, of <laughs> NFL Fantasy. All right, this week, Eddie Royal was one of the top fantasy players ranked. You were pretty high on him all week, so let's take a look at Adam Rank's confessions. You saw what Oregon did back when Chip Kelly was a coach. They lost the time of possession all the time because they ran so many plays so quickly. Their drives were so short. That means the Chargers, they will get a lot of plays. Eddie Royal, watch. Phillip Rivers has a lot of trust in him. He will have a great game. And I'm starting him in my league of record. You had the light on you and everything, Rank. You were all over Eddie Royal. How many leagues did you win because you played Eddie Royal? If I may uh, have the camera one, please. (laughs) Camera one. Oh, I'm sorry, camera six. Camera one. We'll get you. You know, I have a confession to make. I live by a couple of mantras. Follow your heart. Don't get cute. I was conflicted on Sunday, and at that moment, I was going to start Eddie Royal, but I started Larry Fitzgerald instead. And thankfully, I was able to win, but kids, let this be a lesson to you. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or maybe I am. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I got confused. So it happens to all of us, so I, I overthought it. I had a great feeling about Eddie Royal. Everything that I was saying was true, and I, I was spot on. 
But at the end, you got that twig. You're like, how would I feel? Would I feel worse about Eddie Royal scoring a bunch of points right. and leaving him on the bench, or if Larry Fitzgerald had a huge game on the bench? Turns out the Eddie Royal thing. It was a great call. The worst. It was the it was a great call by you though. That and was, then, that and was then you did the right thing. You blamed Fabiano and yeah, I. Of course, in the well, of course, it was your fault. I'm not, <laughs> I never take fantasy responsibility. All right, we scoured our fantasy genius to bring you some questions on the mind of fantasy fans. Our first question: Should I trade Trent Richardson? For Darren McFadden. It would seem ludicrous two weeks ago, Fabs. Where is it now? No, I still wouldn't do it. McFadden's going to get hurt at some point. He always does. And Trent Richardson, he will turn things around. And hopefully the return of Josh Gordon makes that offense click a little bit more than it has been. You know, that's messed up. Why would you say that about Darren McFadden? (laughs) Because he always gets hurt. I don't think he would appreciate that, but I'm right with you, though. I'm sticking with Trent Richardson. I think by week four, you're going to see a different Trent Richardson. That's about how long it takes to really get acclimated to a new offense, especially when you're in the five. I, I go with Trent Richardson. Keep him. Don't get cute. That's what I'm talking That's about. Right. If you want to do something impetuous, like get rid of him because he's burned you the first couple of weeks, but don't get rid of him too early. What was that word? Impetuous? Yes. That's big so time. are you are you guys high on Darren McFadden by himself real quick? Thumbs up or thumbs down? You know what? I, I'm just going thumbs sideways. How about that? We talked about him being a great flex option. I think that's where most of us drafted him, so I like what he's doing. Yeah. All right, and don't forget, MJD, we just found out, tendon sprain MRI. More information on him coming up tomorrow where we tell you if you should hit the panic button or not on guys like Trent Richardson and other fantasy stars. Don't worry. We're here to help. It's our big waiver wire show. We'll tell you who you should be really concerned with. NFL Fantasy Live back Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern on NFL. 5 p.m. on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.